الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for for guiding us to Islam All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah Hadathani jama'atun min ash-shuyukh bi-isnad kullin ila Sufyan bin Uyayna an Amr bin Dinar عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمر بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in his tremendous hadith that those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. The ulama, they mentioned, This is because knowledge is mercy. The results of knowledge is mercy in this world. And the end result of knowledge and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. And the Prophet he said that verily knowledge is acquired by seeking it. So it is incumbent that we seek knowledge about those affairs that are upon us, about those things that are a or an individual obligation as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said talab muslim that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every muslim male and female meaning seeking knowledge on those things that are an individual responsibility that are fard ain that are an individual obligation then we have to know about them. So we have to know how to believe correctly because this is binding upon everyone. We have to know our minhaj because this is binding upon everyone. We have to know how to pray because this is binding upon everyone. We have to know the rules and regulations of fasting Ramadan for those who meet the conditions of fasting Ramadan and those who are not able to fast Ramadan, then they have to know what they are to do to make up for not being able to fast due to a perpetual illness uh, that they do not have any anticipation of being cured of. Likewise, those who have the ability to make Hajj physically and financially, they have to know the rules and regulations of Hajj. Those who they, their wealth is abundant, then they have to know the rules and regulations of Zakat. 
so on and so forth. Whatever you do on a day-to-day -day basis that you are required to know the Islamic ruling as relates to it, then you have to know the ruling as relates to it and how to properly perform that action in accordance to the book, in accordance to the sunnah. Man, so we have to seek knowledge. And we have to seek knowledge if we want to benefit, if we are truly seeking after the Jannah, then we have to seek knowledge. We continue going over the tremendous hadith where the great companion Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu he asked the Prophet sallallahu wasallam a tremendous question. Naam. He asked the Prophet وسلم, a tremendous question. He said, Ya Rasulullah, akhbarni bi amalin. O Messenger of Allah, inform me of an action. Inform me of an action. Yudakhilni jannah. That will enter me into jannah. Naam. Wa yuba'iduni aninah. And that will take me far away from the fire. Will distance me from the fire. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ He said, verily, you have asked about something that is tremendous. This is a great affair. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسْئِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِ And that verily, it is easy upon those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy upon. And that brings us to the next statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Now, I want you to remember the question that he asked. What informed me of an action, informed me of an action that if I do it, it will get me close to the Jannah and take me away from the fire. Informed me of an action that will enter me into Jannah and remove me from the fire, distance me from the fire. And the Prophet ﷺ, he told him, you asked about something that is tremendous. And that verily, it is easy for the ones upon whom Allah, the Most High, makes it easy upon. So we need to listen to the answer because we all want to go to Jannah. There's not a single individual in their right mind except they want to go to Jannah. There's not a single individual in their right mind except that they want to escape the hellfire. And look at what the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned unto him. And I really want us to reflect upon this, especially in the day and the time that we live in, because there are many things that come up daily in our news feeds, in social media, upon mainstream media. And unfortunately, even sometimes we hear them from the Manabir, we hear them from the Minbar on Jumu'ah, where people will try to rile us up as relates to many things that may be happening, placing as if all of the importance of the world rests upon these particular things, whether it be the conflict in this place, or whether it be the situation in that place, or whatever the case may be. Unfortunately, a lot of times, these issues, they are foreign to, and they become a distraction from our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is to go to Jannah and to escape the fire. Listen to what the Prophet ﷺ, he said. He said, 
وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah alone and do not associate anything with him as a partner in worship. Naam, the establishment of a tawheed The Prophet wasallam, the very first thing that he mentioned of those things that it will enter you into Jannah and take you away from the hellfire is a tawheed true monotheism true monotheism so what do we understand from this is that if there is no tawheed then this goal will be unreachable you will not be able to accomplish it without tawheed so now how important is tawheed but yet often we are distracted with other things and Tawheed is rarely mentioned. Naam. And I say often meaning that in a lot of the places, in a lot of the circles, Naam. in a lot of the places, in a lot of the circles, you'll find the talk surrounding around issues that are far removed from a Tawheed. Issues dealing with politics, issues dealing with complaining about this ruler, the movement of that ruler, and so on and so forth, devoid of Tawheed, as if those things are in fact the problem. When the reality of it is, is that the problem is our lack of implementation of the basics of the religion. That's our problem. We don't implement the basics of the religion. If you look at the Muslims who are in situations of humiliation throughout the world. What is one common theme in all of these societies? Is that you will find the Muslims there, they are away from their religion. They are away from Tawheed, they are away from the Sunnah, they are away from the way of the Sahaba. Naam, you'll find this is a common theme. If you look to the Muslims, who have been subjugated by the kuffar, wherever it may be in the world, from the far east to the far west, north, south, and everywhere in between, you'll find a common theme, and that is they are away from practicing their religion. And we're talking about what the basics of the religion. Because what the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, Worship Allah alone and do not associate anything with him as a partner Naam. what is another way that we can articulate this concept is by saying la ilaha illallah if you want to go to jannah you have to establish la ilaha illallah so people will come and they'll say but the muslims are already upon this so why do we need to establish it because we have individuals who call themselves muslims and who are Muslims, but who are extremely ignorant and have fallen into the worship of the saints who are dead in the grave. An action that plunges an individual into disbelief. Now I want to be clear. It plunges a person into disbelief, but it doesn't mean that they are a disbeliever. Why? Because there has to be establishment of the proofs and the evidences against them. If that is established and they remain upon what they're upon, then kufr will fall upon them. Now, However, all of the Muslims agree that shirk is kufr. 
that shirk is kufr. So you find Muslims praying to those who are dead in the grave. All a person has to do is travel to Cairo to go to the masjid, they call Masjid al-Hussein, Masjid al-Hussein, and look and see what the people are doing. All they have to do is travel to Tampa and go to the Masjid of Sayyid Bedouin and look and see what the people are doing. Now, herein lies the problem. And these are just examples. Now, these, 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 these are just examples. But herein lies the problem is that the Muslims, unfortunately, we are away from those basics. We are away from those basics. And therein lies our problem. We're not establishing what we need to establish. And the Prophet goes on and he says, And to establish the prayer. Ya subhanallah. Is it or is it not common to have Muslims who fast in Ramadan but do not pray in Ramadan? They don't pray through the year, but they fast in Ramadan. Or those Muslims who only pray in Ramadan. Now, yeah, subhanAllah. Or every Friday. Or, or, or just on Friday. Or just Jumu'ah. That's the only salah they know about, Jumu'ah. Throughout the rest of the week, Vuhr, Mafi. No Vuhr. But Jumu'ah, they have to be in Jumu'ah. As if Dhuhr is not also wajib, Asr is not also wajib, Maghrib is not also wajib, Fajr, Isha, these are from the wajibat. But we are away from the likes of these things. Wa'iyadu billah. And I'm saying as an as a ummah, and therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem. And I want you to reflect on what the Prophet Sallallahu he mentions. He says, his zakat. And they pay the zakat. So now we had mentioned what? The shahada. Salah. Zakat. Like. Ramadan. And they fast in Ramadan. And to fast in Ramadan. And to make hajj to the house. This is what, these are the first things the Prophet mentioned. If you want to go to Jannah. And you want to escape the fire. Has to be shahada. Has to be salah. Has to be zakat. Has to be fasting. Has to be Hajj. Naam. Like, let's say it another way. Translate it, right? Has to be the testimony of faith. It has to be the establishment of the prayer. It has to be the paying of charity. It has to be fasting in Ramadan. And it has to be pilgrimage to the house. Those are five things that are mentioned. Fadil to Shaykh Al Alama Muhaddith. Muhaddith al-Madina, he mentions, he says, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin al-Abad, he says, بَيِّنَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّ أَهَمَّ الشَّيْءِ يَتَقَرُّ بِهِ إِنَ اللَّهِ وَيَحْصُلُ بِهِ الظَّفَرِ يَحْصُلُ بِهِ الظَّفَرِ بِالْجَنَّةِ وَالسَّلَامَةِ مِنَ النَّارِ أَدَاءِ الْفَرَائِضِ he said that the Prophet ﷺ, he made it extremely clear that the most important things that will get you close to Allah, na'am, and that will give you success and the victory 
of Jannah, the success of Jannah, and safety from the fire, then it is by establishing the obligations. hadith, And they are, in this hadith, Arkanul ar Islam. Then they are the pillars of Islam. Arkanul Islam al-Khamsa. The five pillars of Islam. This is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. You want to go to Jannah, you want to escape the fire? The five pillars of Islam. Naam. You know, it's, the, it, it, it's, it's not like it is a, you know, complicated uh, answer. You know, super complicated, secret method. No. Establish the obligations. Do the obligations. Naam. These are the five pillars of Islam. The Ummah, if you see that the Ummah has a problem implementing the five pillars of Islam, then every problem and calamity that befalls the Ummah is already explained, self-explanatory. Why are the Muslims oppressed here? Why are the Muslims under the foot of the Kuffar there? Why are the Muslims subjugated over there? Why? You already know the answer. Because as an Ummah, we have a problem implementing the five pillars of Islam. We have a problem mastering the basics. Subhanallah, even the kuffar, even the kuffar, you know, of course, they only, they only care about the dunya. But, from a, but the concept is correct. Naam? The kuffar, when it comes to the dunya business and things like this, right? They say if you want to be successful in anything that you're dealing with, you master the basics. You master the basics. And that's how you be successful. So if you're a businessman, you master the basics. And this is what led to you being a successful businessman. Because you, you're mastering the basics. You have knowledge of what you're supposed to know. Right? And then you, you implement those things that you're supposed to do in that particular profession. This will lead to your success. But this concept, do we not see it here? The Prophet Sallallahu already taught us this concept. We as Muslims should be telling them you have to master the basics. Because if you want to go to Jannah, what's the ultimate success? Jannah. What's the ultimate yani, escape from danger? It's escaping the fire. How do you do that? You have to implement the five pillars of Islam. When we give da'wah to the kuffar, we call them and we explain to them what? The basics of Islam. The five pillars of Islam. The six articles of faith. Right? And we tell them that this is what the religion is built upon. This is what the religion is built upon. These fundamental principles. But yet you find, unfortunately, as yani, the ummah, they are away from these principles. This is why seeking knowledge is so important. If you ask a person, could you explain to me in depth and detail about the, the angels? Because it's from the arkan of iman, belief in the angels. They can't really tell you. Can you tell me about the belief in the, in the, in the anbiya and the rusul, the prophets and the messengers? Naam. Unfortunately, if you were to ask the common Muslims in many places, name for me 10 prophets and messengers. They will struggle. Name 10. They will struggle. Naam. Let alone yani, tell me some, you know, something detailed about each and one of them. No, just give me their names. They will struggle. Yeah, subhanAllah. Naam. Tell me some things that are going to take place on the day of judgment. They will struggle. Tell me 
some of the benefits or some of the, the blessings that are awaiting the Muslims and the belie their believers yani, in Jannah. They'll struggle. Give me five things that are awaiting the, the Muslims in Jannah, in heaven. They'll struggle. Tell me five things, five punishments of the hellfire that we want to escape. They will struggle. But this is from our belief. Belief in the hereafter. Now, that includes belief in Jannah, belief in the fire, belief in the grave. Tell me some things that can happen in the grave. What are some possibilities that can happen in the grave from situations and so on and so forth? They will struggle. Yeah, subhanAllah. So how, do we, how are we going to be successful? How do we properly believe in Qadr? Al-Qadda'i wal-Qadr. They will struggle. This is from the Arkan of Iman. But yet, other things they can tell you about. What ruler so-and-so did last week? What ruler so-and-so did, who he met with, who they have a conference with, who they have a summit with, they can tell you. You can tell me about this, but you can't tell me uh, yani some details about the prophets and the messengers, the best of mankind. You can tell me about how many people are upon this, this, this particular sports team and their rank and their numbers and so on and so forth. But you can't tell me about 10 of the Sahaba and some aspects of their lives. Some of their outstanding qualities and characteristics, you don't know, but, but, but you know about this football player and this soccer player and this basketball player and this hockey player and this and this and this. Yeah, subhanAllah. And then we, and then we say, why, why are these things happening to us? It's self-explanatory. Look at us. Why are these things happening to us? Look at us. That's all you got to do. Look at us. Then you'll see. Ala kulli hal. These, these matters are important. So I don't want us to li listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. No, we have to connect the dots to our day-to-day -day life. How does this impact us? How does hadith impact us? Because remember, all of these hadith that Imam al-Nawi, he brings in his 40 hadith, they are principles from the religion. Principles. You know, we say the principles of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the Qawaid, the principles, right? The Every hadith outlines principles, right? Because iman is what? Qawlun bil lisan, i'tiqad janan, amli bil arkan, yazidu bil ta'at rahman wa yanqus bil ta'at shaytan. It's five things. Iman is a statement of the tongue, belief in the heart, actions of the limbs. It increases when one is obedient to the most merciful Allah, and it decreases when one obeys shaytan. This is iman. So iman what? Is actions. From Iman is actions. Naam. So the people of the Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, we have to have a concern with actions. Naam. So the people of the Sunnah, they're going to make sure what? That they are safeguarding their prayer. They're going to make sure that they're believing correctly. They're going to make sure that they're fasting Ramadan, that they're paying the zakat, that they're making hajj and umrah, so on and so forth. They're going to make sure that, 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 that they put forth righteous good deeds. It's not disconnected. We say we're upon the way to Salaf. This is how the Salaf they were. So it is incumbent that we emulate them, that we imitate them from the Allah. The Prophet said, let me outline the five pillars of Islam. Just like they come in the hadith of Jibreel and in the hadith of Ibn Umar, where the Prophet said, Islam that Islam is built upon five. Naam, Islam is built upon five. And it comes in a hadith Qudsi. If you want to know what is what is the best thing, how do we get close into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How do we get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
Allah Ta'ala, he says in a hadith in the Qudsi, مَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبَدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ Allah Ta'ala, he says in the hadith in the Qudsi, that my slave does not draw near to me with anything more beloved to me except for that yani, which I made obligatory upon him. Yani, my slave will not draw nearer to me with anything that is more beloved to me than that in which I made obligatory upon him or her. Right? Right. So we want to draw near unto Allah. What is the best thing we can do to draw near unto Allah? Is by doing those things that are obligations. That are obligations. Now that we have to fulfill the obligations. We have to fulfill what Allah Ta'ala has made obligatory upon us. And put our concern upon that. And it is important that we have a, 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 um, a shift in our thinking. And a, a rethinking and, 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 and that we alter our strategy and our course and we go back to focusing on those things that are truly important. Naam, the salah is important. But yet, if you were to ask the vast majority of the Muslims, what are the shurut of the salah? They don't know. What are the arkan of salah? They don't know. What are the pillars? What are the conditions of the salah? What are the pillars of the salah? What are the wajibat? What are the, what are the obligatory aspects of the salat they don't know this is this is a problem this is a problem Naam. because this is an indication that we are focusing on things that are not truly the most important because at the same time we can tell you in depth and detail about other affairs but those affairs that we should know we can't tell you in depth and detail this is indicative of a Problem. طيب. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, وقوله, and it's important to know, it is a very important um, point. He says in his statement, Sallallahu worship Allah alone and do not associate anything with Him as a partner. That it comprises. The right of Allah. It highlights the right of Allah. And that is to single out the worship and make it sincerely for Allah and for Allah alone. Which is, subhanAllah, which will mean that we have to know exactly what is Tawheed so we can implement it. And we have to know what is Shirk so we can stay away from it. Right? We have to know how yani, the true struggle of the intention. The intention, it is a struggle. Right? As some of the Salaf, they used to say, That never was the treatment of anything more harder upon me than my intention. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. So, and this is connected to a tawheed. You had great imams from the past that said it's a struggle to make sure that what you're doing, you're doing it sincerely for Allah. It's a struggle. So, with that being the case, how misguided are those Muslims who will come and say, the shahada, that's a given. Everybody's, everybody's upon that. Really? Just that simple? Everyone's upon that? 
where you so implementing or, or yani making your intentions sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you're not doing things to show off you're not doing things so it could be heard and spoken about that you've done so on and so forth oh that's just easy like that everybody is already on that level really is that what you think then that means what you don't truly understand this affair if you say if you will, will, will belittle it as if it is just that easy Oh, we don't need to speak about that. The Prophet ﷺ, he spoke about Tawheed, the whole of his mission. From the beginning to the end. He kept reminding and teaching at Tawheed. As he would teach other things, he would teach Tawheed. So what type of call would tell us we don't need to hear about Tawheed no more? We got that. Let's move on to something else. What do you mean? Subhanallah. And then, again, why are we in the situation that we're in? Look at us. Also, which is very important, the Shaykh, he mentions, he says, and what enters into that statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, us to the first part of the Shahada. وَيَدْخُلُوا فِي ذَلِكَ الشَّهَادَةَ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Also, what enters into that is a testimony that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Why? The Shaykh, he says, لِأَنَّ الْعِبَادَةَ لِأَنَّ عِبَادَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُعْرَفُ إِلَّا he said because the worship of Allah is not known except by believing in him Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam meaning that what we are not going to be able to implement the tawheed without the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because from, from, what are from those ways that we implement the tawheed the salah, the Prophet ﷺ pray as you see me praying. Naam. So we want to implement the tawheed by way of the salah. We need the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So you cannot separate the shahadatain. You can't separate them. They, they go together. The, the, the shahadatain, they go together. Mutalazimatan, they go together. You cannot separate them. If a person comes and he says, I believe in La ilaha illallah, but I don't believe in the other part, then, you, then what do we say to that person? Then you're not a Muslim. You're not a Muslim. If a person comes and he says, I believe Muhammad Rasulullah, but I don't believe in the first part, then what do we say? That you're not a Muslim. You have to believe in them both. You have to implement them both. Otherwise, what? You're not a Muslim. This is the basics. Man. So, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, so what enters into the statement of the Prophet worship Allah alone, do not associate anything as a partner with him, then also enters into that 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 we testify and bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah because we the yani, ibadah is not known without the Sunnah of the Prophet. And acting in accordance to what he came with, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Amalin. He said that anything, any act that will have the potential of bringing an individual close to Allah, it will not benefit the doer of it unless it is sincere for Allah. And unless it is founded upon following the sunnah of the messenger of Allah 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa shahadatan mutalazimatan because the two because the two testimonies of faith they are coupled they come together they will not be separated wala budda ma'a shahada an la ilaha illallah min shahada anna muhammadan rasulullah so it is incumbent that it has to be coupled along with the testimony that none has the right to be worshiped in truth except Allah the testimony that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah naam it has to go together anytime you think that you can separate the sunnah from uh, uh, your religious application that's why we're in the situation that we're in naam that's why we are in the situation that we are in. Yeah, subhanallah. There was a, uh, a ignoramus just today online, a social media, right? Was arguing. He said, because a person presented a hadith that was collected by Muslim. Hadith is authentic. Right? The person, they said, oh, how come all you people always talking about of quoting men how can you people always quoting men and you're not quoting the lord of men you're not quoting allah the creator you're always quoting men why don't you bring something from the quran yeah subhanallah what ignorance is this does he not know that the sunnah is revelation from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the prophet said Verily, I was given the Quran and that which is similar to it with it. Meaning the Sunnah, the Sunnah is revelation. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't, didn't speak on his own authority, but whatever he spoke was about revelation. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the Sunnah, he am in Allah, it is from Allah. So what is, what is this person talking about? He cannot understand the Quran without the Sunnah. You can't, you, can. it's impossible to understand the Quran without the Sunnah. That means he doesn't understand the Quran. Naam. And this is the reality. Anytime a person tries to come and separate the Messenger of Allah from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tried to separate the guidance, saying, no, just take the Quran, don't worry about nothing the Prophet had to say. Firstly, yani, subhanallah, he doesn't understand the Quran. He doesn't understand the Quran. Allah ta'ala, what does he say in the Quran? وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ And we revealed unto you, who? You, Muhammad, a dhikr the Reminder, meaning what? The Quran. Why? So that you can explain to the people that which has been revealed unto them. So you can explain it. The Sunnah explains the Quran. So in this, in this ayah, is Surah Al-Nahl, verse 44. So how can you claim you believe in the, in, in the Quran... Well, Allah Ta'ala here in this ayah is telling you that the Prophet Sallallahu his job is to explain the Qur'an. But then you throw away the explanation. I don't want to hear about the explanation. Just give me the Qur'an. The Qur'an is telling you to go to the explanation. You tell me I don't want to hear the explanation. Allah Ta'ala, he says, Allah wa rasul wa Obey Allah and obey the messenger and do not render your deeds null and void. Why? Because if you bring Tawheed but no Sunnah, it don't count. If you bring sunnah, but no tawheed, it don't count. 
It has to bring them both. It has to be sincerely for Allah upon the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Otherwise, it's not going to count. Do not render your deeds null and void so they don't count. Whatever the messenger gives you, take it. Whatever he forbids from you, stay away from it. Allah Ta'ala commands us to what? To obey the Prophet and whatever he gives you, you take it. He tells you, do this, you do it. Don't do this, you don't do it. This is halal, it's halal. He tell you this haram, khalas is haram. You can't say, oh, that come in hadith, so we can do it. No, what do you mean? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, don't do it, you don't do it. Why? Allah Ta'ala says, whatever he gives you, take it. Whatever he prevents you from, stay away. So how are we going to be successful? Or how can a person come back and say, well, no, I, I, I believe in the Quran. How? Well, you done threw all these ayat away. All the ayat that say, obey the Prophet ﷺ. How do you do that without the sunnah? All the ayat is saying, whatever the Prophet said, yani, yani, uh, whatever he gives you, you got to take it. You, you, threw that, you threw that verse away. Okay, the verse of Nahl, that the Prophet his job is to explain the Quran, you threw it away. Oh, you're saying, yeah, the explanation is there. Where? If it's there, where? It was only, it was only when he was alive, but then for the rest of the rest, until Yom Al-Qiyamah, after his death, then that's it, Sallallahu Alaihi No, of course not. So this is the explanation. How do we implement the verse? Whatever he gives you, take it. Whatever he prevents you, whatever he gives you, take it. Whatever he prevents you from, stay away from it. How do we implement that if we only going to look to the Quran? The Quran, kalam Allah. The Quran is the speech of Allah. <laughs> so where is the guidance of the Prophet Because we always say what the guidance of the Prophet is where is in the Sunnah. So how do we implement the Qur'an if we throw away the sunnah when Allah Ta'ala is telling us to what? To implement the sunnah. The Qur'an and the sunnah. Not one and not the other. No, both. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said that what? That he's left with us two things. You'll never go astray. Kitabullah wa sunnati. The book of Allah and my sunnah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said لَقَدْ تَرَقْتُكُمْ it's nighttime, it's like his day. None will go away from except he is destroyed. The, the path is clear. The Quran, the Sunnah. Now, upon what? How the, how the Salaf understood it? How the Sahaba understood it? Not just we make up some stuff. And that. No, how they understood Now, the point is, is that we have Muslims who, I'm pretty sure we heard the likes of these type of arguments before from these Quran Yun. Naam, they call themselves, or yani, well, they, they said about them, right? We heard these arguments before. It's not, it's not uh, foreign to us. It's not strange to us. It's popular. Well, that's part of the problem. That's why we're going through what we're going through as an ummah. As an ummah, that's why we're going through what we're going through. The mere fact that this is popular and personally say, oh yeah, I heard that before. I've argued with people like this before. This is part of the problem. If you ask or you wonder why the Muslims are oppressed here, how come the Muslims are oppressed over there, how come the Muslims are subjugated by Kufar there, well, this is part of the problem. Look at us. That's why. Look at us. People don't like it. They get mad. They get mad because they always want to blame someone else. Oh, it's the Jews. Do you think Allah Ta'ala put the Jews over us? As a reward? 
No. You put them over us, what, as a punishment? Because it's something we did. So the fault is our fault. You say, but the Jew, look how the Jew act. I respect the Jew to act. He's a Jew. What do you, what do you, you expect the Jew to act? He's a Jew. He oppressed us. Okay, that's that's what they do. Are you surprised by that? Is that is that is that but but what I'm saying is that but where's the issue at here? The issue is with is with us. We're the problem. They're just, they're just doing them. They're just being them. We're the problem. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have put them over us except that what? We're the problem. Right? People get sensitive. Whoa, what do you mean? We're the problem. Go back to my, some of my ancestors. Right? Go back to my ancestors. Allah Ta'ala put upon you in humiliation, will not remove it until you return back to your religion. Ma'am, think about this. Look at some of my, look at my ancestors, right? Those West Africans who were humiliated, put in bondage and enslaved, brought across that middle passage over here to the shores of America. And we know many of them came from Muslim lands. Came from the Gambia, came from Mali, right? Muslim lands from the Mendico tribe. Right? Congo. Congo. Muslims. A lot of the Muslims came over here in bondage and in chains. Do you think that was a reward? No. no. That was a punishment. Yeah. Now you look back to the history. You look back to the history and to the, and to the practices of what they were doing. As I read through the history, and it's unfortunate, it's still like that now to the day too. But as I read through the history of their practices, it was mixed with so much shirk yet. Yeah. So much shirk. It did it rain, bring some goats and slaughter them. Subhanallah. Huh? They were mixing the ways of Jahiliyyah with the Islam. A lot of shirk yet. Sheikh will come. From whoever, and they would rub on him, and he would take money from them and get blessings so it could rain. Yeah. Huh? I ain't, he mentioned nothing about praying, the, you know, the salah for the rain. It's just, no, no, no. He should take money. He writes some things down on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a talisman. Here. And then we wonder, why did that happen? Why did that happen? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a reward. It wasn't a reward. And I, and I brought that because I wanted to say, oh, why are you picking on the Palestinians and this and that? And that. Well, I pick, it's, not, it's not targeting them. It's not targeting them. Same thing for the West Africans. Same thing. Same thing for the West Africans. Same thing for the Muslims everywhere Same. Same. who are going through what they're going through. Same. Same thing. Think back to what happened in Bosnia years ago. Right? I, I studied with Bosnians in Egypt who told me that when that thing happened and, 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 and the Serbs turned on them, it, was a, it woke them up. They said before then, really wasn't religious. They didn't care about our religion like that. 
This woke us up. Then now you saw them and they were, alhamdulillah, were studying, they were striving to be religious, gain Islamic knowledge and so on and so forth. It woke them up. But before that humiliation, everybody was asleep. They wasn't practicing their religion like that. And this is what the Bosnian brothers told me themselves. Ma'am, you see? In every situation you look at, whether it's India, whether it's China, whether it's Burma, whether, 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 what's one common thread? The Muslims are not doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Now, person, they could, they, you know, a person uh, complained to me when I was in Misled about the, the, some of the rulers. So I asked him, I said, subhanAllah, do we, the rulers, do we come from them? Or do they come from us? He said, um, they come from us. I said, okay, the ruler now, if he goes away today and he gets replaced, would a person be the same, better, or worse? I gave him three options. The same, better, or worse? He thought about it, he said, nah, probably worse. I said, so then where lies the problem? Is it him or is it us? Because if they come from us, if we're good, they're good. If we get put in that situation, we do the same stuff he used to do, then that shows the problem is where? It's us. We're the problem. He's just a reflection of us. Huh? Kematakunu? The way you are, your rulers will be. The way you are, your rulers will be. You see? So if we want rectification, it starts with us. It starts on the, on, on the grass, on, on the, what do you say, grassroots. That's where it starts. It starts with us. Right? People don't like hearing this. They don't like hearing that. Because why? They never want to admit that they're the problem. People don't like to admit that. They want to blame somebody else. Oh, it's your fault. Yeah. I mean, even if, for argument's sake, that doesn't absolve us from our portion of blame. You understand? That doesn't absolve us from our shortcomings and our portion of blame. We are not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So Allah tests us. With the likes of these situations to wake us up. Now, in the five pillars of Islam, there is benefit for us as individuals and for the society. Now, and listen to what the Shaykh he mentions. He says, وَقَدْ ذُكِرَتْ فِي الْحَدِيثِ هَذِهِ الْأَرْكَانِ مُرَتَّبَةً he said that the pillars were mentioned in this hadith. The pillars were mentioned in this hadith in order according to their importance. So they were mentioned in a specific order according to their importance. And then the shaykh, he breaks it down. He says, and this is what after the the Shahada, because the Shahada turn, that's, that's the origin. Without the Shahada turn, then nothing else matters. Right? So the Shahada turn is the origin. So 
After that is what? The salah. He says, وَقُدِّمَتْ الصَّلَاةِ And the salah was put forward first. لِكَوْنِهَا صِلَةً وَوَثِيقًا بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ الرَّبِّ The salah was mentioned first because that is the connection and that is the covenant between the slave and between his Lord. Because it's the covenant and the connection between the slave and between his Lord. So that's mentioned first. Now, so again, going looking at that aspect of it, how are we going to benefit if we cut ourselves off from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So again, I want you, I want you to reflect on these things and as it relates and are connected to our daily lives. Naam. So the salah, this is a connection between the slave and between his Lord. It is not possible for our day-to-day -day affairs to be in order if we are not praying our salah. Naam. No matter how bad things get, no matter what you're going through, no matter how sad you feel and so on and so forth, prayer has to be a constant. Not praying is not an option because that's just going to make the bad a billion times worse, a trillion times worse. Also, the salat was mentioned first. He took because it repeats in the day and the night five times. Naam. So the salah is what is daily and is multiple times a day, five times a day at the bare minimum. Naam. When I mean minimum, I mean that the bare minimum is that we pray the obligatory prayers. That's the bare minimum. Naam. And then the voluntary prayers is on top of that. Naam. So, 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 so the Muslim who's really striving to get to Jannah, he prays more than five times a day. He prays the obligatory prayers, because that's the minimum. Naam. That's the default, five times a day. And then he prays some voluntary prayers as well. Some raka'ats throughout the day that they will pray voluntary as well, and some in the night that they will pray voluntary as well. Naam. hal. This is every day. Okay, what's mentioned next? وَذُكِرَ بَعْدَهَا الزَّكَاةِ Then the zakat is mentioned. لِأَنَّهَا لَا تَأْتِي فِي الْعَامِ إِلَّا مَرَّةً وَاحِدًا Because the zakat only comes once a year. The zakat, it comes once a year. The salah, every day. Zakat, it comes once a year. But how come the, the, the zakat was mentioned before Suyam, because fasting also comes once a year. So how come zakat was mentioned first before fasting? Why? The Shaykh he mentions, he explains. He says, وَنَفْعُهَا The benefit of zakat يَحْصُرُ لِدَافِعِ الزَّكَاةِ وَالْمَدْفُوعَةِ إِلَيْهِ Because the benefit of zakat, it benefits both. The person who gives it, because the person who gives it is rewarded. And it also benefits who? The person who receives it. Right? So the zakat, it benefits 
more than one person. It benefits the one who gives it and it benefits the one who, who receives it. Whereas the fasting, the fasting benefits who? The one who, one who fasts. Yeah. So it comes once a year, but it only benefits the one who fasts. The zakat too comes once a year, but it benefits two people. The one who fasts or two groups, yani the one who fasts and the one who the money is, uh, excuse me, the zakat benefits the one who pays the zakat and those who receive the zakat. So multiple people, it benefits. Naam? And the hajj, the hajj comes last because it only happens once in a lifetime. It's obligatory once in a lifetime. So it was mentioned last. Naam? So you, if you want to reflect upon these things, they will see that if these things are implemented, the benefit is for themselves and upon society. It benefits themselves and upon society. Now, so the point is, is that as a nation, if we are not doing the basics, that means we are not concentrating on benefiting ourselves nor benefiting the society. So with that being the case, if we don't care about benefiting ourselves nor the society as a ummah, how can we expect to benefit and to get prosperity? It's not how. We, we expect benefit without taking the means of benefit. We don't care about benefiting ourselves or benefiting others, but yet we expect to be benefited. How? So again, if we, if the question were to be asked, how come the Muslims are going through this and going through that and so on and so forth? Then it can be easily said, look at the Muslims. Look at us. That's why the answer is obvious. Look at us. And if we want to change that, then what do we have to do? We have to change those things that we know we need to change. We have to master the basics. We have to master the basics. Now, and this is something that I want everyone to take to heart. Don't get mad. Somebody might get mad, might be offended. Okay, that's fine. But once you get over your feelings, right, then I want you to come back and think about it. How are we going to have prosperity and we're not acting in a manner in which will bring about prosperity? How are we going to receive the help of Allah when we're acting in ways that will prevent the help of Allah from reaching us, right? How are we going to have strong communities when we're setting ourselves up for loss by not acting Islamically, not acting in a way that is correct? We have some sick thinking. Also, it came to mind someone on, uh, on again, online, social media brings out all the weirdos. Muslim, though, Muslim weirdo. Who said, you know the problem with you people upon the Sunnah? You're too Islamic. <laughs> and that was it, right? What? The problem with you people on the Sunnah is that you are too Islamic. Okay, and the alternative is what? What's the alternative now? Not to be Islamic? To act like the ways of Jahiliyyah? To act like the Kuffar? Like, what, what, what do you mean now? What, what are you trying to say? And... Not just what you're trying to say, but what is the mentality of an individual who would think that that is an insult? Really? 
What is the mentality of a person that would think that that is an insult? You're Islamic. Alhamdulillah. That's, that's the goal, isn't it? To try to live our lives in accordance to the Kitab and the Sunnah. That's the goal, right? Trying to imitate the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's, 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 that's a, you know, that's a compliment. MashaAllah, you're really Islamic. Oh, Alhamdulillah. No, no, I was trying to insult you. What's wrong with you? You don't even know how to insult people. You don't even, you don't even know how to, 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 to give an insult. Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah? But this is Muslims. Brother, stop being so strict. What do you mean so strict? Because I want to pray Dhuhr in the time of Dhuhr. How's that strict? That's what he's supposed to do. Huh? One person told me one time, what? So I asked him, I said, you know, is there a masjid in this area, stuff like that? He said, why? Ramadan is over. <laughs> That's what he told me. He said, Ramadan is over. I said, what? He said, Ramadan is over. I said, Akhi, I'm, I asked him, I want to go pray. I'm going to pray Dhuhr in the masjid. No, he said Ramadan. No, he telling me Ramadan is over. What you worrying about praying for? That means you don't pray. I said what? I said I don't know what kind of Muslim you is, man. But I pray all year, Ramadan and outside Ramadan. Subhanallah. Yeah, I asked him, "Where's the qibla?" He said, "I don't know." I guess. I guess he only looks for it in Ramadan. I said, "I don't know." He said, "Oh, you know how to find it?" I said, "Yeah, actually, I do know how to find it." Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but Allah But it's unfortunate, you know, and you know, Allah It's 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 so sad it's so sad that, that, that you have to laugh because I mean subhanAllah, really it brings tears that this is how the, this is how we are, this is why we're going through what we're going through. We have to master the basics if we want to be successful because the goal is Jannah. That's the goal, not, uh, yeah, not going to the fire. The goal is escaping the fire, not entering into it. So it is incumbent and it is a must that we, that we take this model, we take this principle, and we apply it because this is the principle of success. If we want a successful community, we have to implement Islam, apply you know, the basics, make sure we focus on the basics and our, and our, our children and our, and our wives and spouses, they know the basics. Naam? Uh, and and uh, and so on and so forth. If we want to truly be successful, but then the Sheikh he gets on into the next portion of the Hadith. But we'll save that until the next time, inshallah Taala. فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا.